Yeah, I think 100% of the cast members that are on the show is African-American. And some from Africa, probably. South Africa? So white folk? Yaman. Yeah, oh, God. That's Jamaican. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Best> the <of> African. <laughs> hey, it's funny. All right. All right. Uh, that's our second. That's the second racist joke you said in the last 10 minutes. So I think we better move on. The 2OC. The show that covers the things we love from two parts of the world. Orange County, California, and Orange County, Florida. Welcome to episode 18. This episode of the 2OC we talk about Sweet Kicks, A Whole New World, Broadway Style, and Anton Rocks You Like a Hurricane. I'm Al Flores. And I'm Anton Duong. Hey, Anton, what do you got going on this weekend? Hurricane. Uh, oh, that's right. You're, you're reporting live from Hurricane Irma, right? Yeah, reporting live from Orlando, Florida. This week, we got Hurricane Irma coming okay, from uh, the well, south. I'm joking, but you might actually want to tell listeners what how you prepared for the hurricane. What, are, what were your top priorities? Okay, my top priority is top ramen, of course, and yeah. any type of Asian spicy ramen. And I, I got the, the Shin Ramyun, which is the Korean spicy noodles. And I got uh, some of those uh, um, mama noodles. And just to top it off, I got some eggs on the side, which I'll finish probably within the first day. Oh, my God. Well, how long is the hurricane supposed to hit you guys? Like one day or? How, it's how usually a couple of hours because it's moving at a very slow rate right now at the moment. It's going about anywhere from 12 to 16 miles per hour. And I, I think right now, this moment when we're speaking right now, it's going over Cuba. So right after Cuba, uh, I think it's around like category four. And I think it's going to pick up because it's going to be in the ocean area at the very bottom of the Florida Keys. So it's going to pick up some warm water there. And then it's going to pick up back up to category four. And it's going to push all the way up past Orlando. Uh, and I think it's going to die down um, towards in between. Some, I think the category in Orlando area will probably be around category two. Mm-hmm. Which is still pretty high for uh, winds. I think it's like 100 to 120 miles per hour. Yeah, it's it's funny because it, it, once it once it hits Miami, which sucks for Miami, it starts dying down really quick because there's no more warm water. Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be pretty much marshlands and stuff that it's going to get into. But it's really hard to say until we've... Uh, tomorrow because we can see more of a shift on if it's going to go on the right side which is the Atlantic side or is it going to be on the Gulf side because at this moment it could go either way yeah no, it looks like it looks like it's going right down the middle of Florida yeah like uh, a couple of days ago it was going towards the Atlantic side and towards um, by the end of tonight I think it's gonna edge more of the Tampa side uh, which I don't think those people were even prepared because they they didn't even think it was going to hit them but it keeps changing back and forth so we're just going to have to wait and see but our main problem is we got a lot of water shortages everybody Mm -hmm. went to the 
um, you know, uh, grocery store to get all the canned foods. The whole aisle's super empty. It looks like someone just came in and just wiped everything out. And same thing with the um, water aisle and bread aisle. I think that's what everybody goes for. So, the, did you see that photo of? Uh, I don't know if it was in Florida or actually it was probably Texas. It was a grocery store. It was picked clean, except for the vegan options. Oh yes, I saw that. It's funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess uh, nobody goes vegan during the hurricane. Not just that, but it's like they're they're so adamant that they want real meat that they would rather die than try to try to survive <laughs> off vegan food. It's for a while. not enough nutrients. Uh, I was just like, <laughs> oh my god, that's that's a Texas thing to do. Like in California, it'd be the thing to do. Like if you're, it's not trendy. We can't we can't eat that. It's not part of your your paleo diet. Yeah. So if it was a hurricane category three in Orlando, we would leave instantly. But because it's around one to two. It's not as bad because three, it could pretty much tear your roof off and start breaking a couple of windows and, you know, just the simple stuff that can get you going. Oh, my God, I should have left. Uh, what was it last year that you said, like, everybody was freaking out, like everybody's like uh, at the gas pump, but you were just like, eh, just a little rain. Yeah, last year wasn't too bad because it was more in the ocean on the Atlantic side. Uh, yeah. the, the big destruction was in the melbourne area uh towards the strip of the it's kind of like pacific coast highway but not really it's on the east mm-hmm. coast it that area i think it's washington avenue or something uh if i can't remember it's just in the melbourne area but all the hotels they had at least like a foot of water Damn. so it's pretty bad but Anyhow, uh, this year alone, I, I got enough water. I got enough supplies and everything. I got it on time. And it turns out that, you know, I, I have two cases of water, but I just want to see if I can get anything else. But since there was no more water, the only thing I can get is Perrier, which is what I'm <laughs> drinking right now. You're already cracking into your supplies. It's uh, a lot of stuff. It is, but... I will say it is surprising to see uh, Floridians actually kind of uh, scrambling for a hurricane. Usually you guys are like, kind of like Californians with earthquakes. You're like, eh, whatever. It's only a, you know, an earthquake. Eh, it's only a 4.5, whatever. Yeah. I think the big problem is the Miami area because in yeah. downtown itself, high sky rises and everything. So once mm-hmm. the hurricane hits, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, like I said, they're going to be the hardest hit out of in the United States. Yeah, and I think it, there's there's a lot of pockets in the downtown area of Miami, so I'm pretty sure they're going to be flooded. <sighs> well, we spent a lot of money to send you right into the eye of the hurricane, so we'll give us a full recap next episode. Yeah, so this episode will come out next week, which is uh, when you guys are listening to it. So probably next week I'll explain some of the aftermaths. That should be interesting. What happened? Yeah. Eh, took a nap, woke up. It was kind of wet outside, so I just took another nap. Yeah. That was it. That's that's basically what happened last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy. You're like, eh, whatever. A little rain. Yeah. All right. Uh, so where do you want to start off this week? So 
Uh, I started last week, actually, last weekend in New York, like I told you, uh, to watch a K-pop artist. And while I was there over the weekend, uh, I just took matters into my own hands because I had extra time in New York. I saw two Broadway shows, one that I should have seen a long time ago, which I think almost everybody have seen, which is Wicked. Have you seen Wicked? I have not. That's the Wizard of Oz story. Yeah, that's the Wizard of Oz story. I, I'm, not, I'm not a I'm not a Broadway show fan. I mean, I have appreciation for the theater, but I'm not going to go out of my way to see stuff. Yeah, it's actually really good. We have a friend, you know, that that that's very dear to our hearts that always watches this. I think she's watched this at least four to five times. I don't know if you're you know who I'm talking about. Uh, is she blonde? She can be. God. <laughs> But she's not confused. She's Asian. Of course she is. Yeah. <laughs> she's like an Asian blonde, but she doesn't have blonde hair. Is she currently in the Northeast? Or actually, she's yeah. on vacation. I think she's on vacation. Yep, actually. she is on vacation, actually. Okay, yes, that's, yeah. that's who I'm talking about. Okay. So anyways, she, she told me to go watch it because it's her favorite show. So I finally went to see it. And I say it's, it's a very good Wicked show. Which originally hit Broadway, what, 10 years ago? I think 2001 was, wow. yeah, and then 2003 was when it hit, um, I think, uh, uh, California. Okay, wow, yeah. Because yeah, Dina Menzel is... goes way back, same thing with uh, Kristen Chenoweth, which you also know, both of them were on the show Glee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you gotta let it go, bro, let it go. Yeah, you gotta let it go. Anyways, talking about Let It Go, uh, I got to see Aladdin Broadway version. Uh, and, and this is a very new show on Broadway. They started, I think, about two months ago. And I, I think the reason why they brought it to Broadway is because they don't have Aladdin uh, musical anymore in uh, California Adventure. Because mm-hmm. they replaced it with Frozen. Did you watch the Frozen version of it? I haven't, and that's mostly because... Uh... The shows that they have are really weird hours. They're pretty much have to be there during the day, and the tickets sell out. Not sell out, but the uh, fast passes sell out really quick. I, I don't know how the show is. I really enjoyed the California Adventure version of it because the mm-hmm. guy that plays Genie is so good. Right? You've seen yeah, that many I, times before, right? Yeah, I have seen the latter one. I just haven't seen the Frozen one. The latter one is a lot of fun, and it it was more entertaining than I was expecting at first. I thought it was going to be really like a high school play kind of thing. Yeah, I thought actually, so too, but it's so good. It, they have so much good content in there. Like, I, I love the the genie because he, every time I go, there's always new jokes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, whoever plays the genie, he does a really good job of switching it up. I've seen it twice. Yeah. Like and both times, it was it was different. Almost like Jungle Cruise. Yeah, exactly. And I, I appreciate the, the the actors that were in the California Adventure version of it, too, because uh, they were actually decent singers. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really liked the magic that they were bringing into it. They had a lot of Broadway production type of budget. And I think they do like five shows a day, which is a bit much. To, I think it's down to three or three or four now, at least with the Frozen one. Yeah, but I think the only the only times they do fives during the su- the summer, and 
Uh, I think the show runs for an hour and a half. If they do do five shows, it's probably going to be on the weekend in the summer. Like yeah, that's the most people. Yeah. So comparing this one to the one in, in Broadway, which I just saw, I think the production value on this is a little bit more. So they added a couple new songs, new numbers that they they wrote themselves for the show, and also they added uh, a couple more. Um, uh, different stages. The one thing that they took out that I noticed is Apu. What? Yeah, they took out Apu. They did show him, like, show pictures of the uh, Apu, the monkey, uh, throughout the show just to, like, you know, uh, commemorate him. But they replaced him with, uh, f- I think, three guys. Yeah, three guys that is Aladdin's friend. Oh, kind of like yeah, street you know, rats. Well, I think they probably got rid of Apu as an actual monkey, mostly because I don't think they want to do puppets for that mm-hmm. part, and also they don't want to get in trouble for like animal cruelty or animal like abuse kind of thing. Yeah, of course. So animal labor. There you go. So I mean, I I enjoyed it very much. Uh, for them to replace. Apu with uh, three actors and they're very funny that they, they bring the whole uh, comedic value to it which uh, to be fair Apu was never one of my favorite Aladdin characters he was a little annoying he like, not just uh, annoying but he was just more of a smart ass with uh, with looks yeah cause you, I don't know if you remember but Apu when they were in the cave Apu was you know looking at stuff touching stuff that he wasn't supposed to he was yeah. that that troublemaker and then at the end he's like oh i'm sorry you know that type of character yeah he tries to play innocent yeah and i think that, that that's what they were trying to balance with the three extra uh actors that were playing his best friends yeah uh, i i think they they really did a good job with that um the casting uh i i really liked that they went with the uh different nationalities mm-hmm. so the main guy he is chinese which is fine. He's an Asian actor, Wait, so that's fine. Guy, you mean Aladdin? Aladdin is played by Telly Lung. So he's the Asian actor, and I'm pretty surprised that they were able to pick an Asian actor because you don't see that many Asian actors in Broadway. I wonder what sold him. Like, what sold it on him? Is is it a singing? Is it his his choreography? See, his sing so- his singing was very interesting to me. Like, I've never seen a. Asian actor that can sing like this type of like musical style because not I don't think a lot of uh Chinese people have that type of you know voice but surprisingly this guy does it pretty well interesting yeah and the, the guy that plays genie is a black guy uh his name is Major Attaway and I think he also stole the show okay was his his portrayal of a genie, a preview of what we can expect from Will Smith. I think so, because there was a lot of black jokes, a lot of hip hop jokes, a lot of a lot of it's it's not your regular Asian or white jokes. It's more like hip, if you know well, what I mean. <clears throat> Well, hey, some uh, racist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to be, but most of the stuff that comes out of know, his mouth is like but, that. But, but the thing with you is when you're trying to avoid being racist, you make it even more racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be. 
I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> no, so I was saying with with Will Smith, his go to banter seems to be almost like a uh, beatboxing, like mm. it's just weird noises. Yeah, this guy was beatboxing. Oh my god! Um, did you see, remember that scene in? I can't remember with Men in Black two or three, mm-hmm. but he walks in and it was like at the back of the postal service, like post office or whatever. And to communicate to the other aliens, he beatboxed like each one. Each alien spoke in a different beatbox tone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god! The director probably told him, yeah, just you know, just talk gibberish, you know, kind of make it unique. And he just decided to do that. Like that's my. My interpretation of what he did. <laughs> I, I think this is going to be pretty much a little preview for what's come for the Will Smith version of Genie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I, I really like the production value on this this Broadway show because they implemented a lot of stuff that uh, that that feels more value. Like when you pay for a Broadway show that's very expensive. They're like, tickets are at least $100. You're going to expect to have some type of value to it. And I think they do a very good job with something like that. And uh, during the show, they had a magic carpet scene. And it literally looks like it was floating in the middle of the air with no strings. And it was magic. It felt like magic. Sorry, do you hear that in the background? Is that fighter jets? Uh, no, helicopters, like in formation. Oh, and nice. the funny thing is, the funny thing is when uh, when we were playing Overwatch, mm-hmm. uh, I saw like two of the like those cargo carriers, like the C, I forget what they're called, like those giant, like uh, the ones that they use to carry vehicles. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what the hell is like Trump visiting or something, or what the hell's going on? I think they're doing uh music videos or something. Oh, hip hop. Yeah. All right, yeah. sorry, go on. Yeah, you gotta have a little bit of that that pizzazz in the helicopters, Nothing and then says like explosions. Nothing says balling like Apache uh, helicopters. Yeah, I, I I can see it now. Like you know the the, the song from Team America, America, fuck, fuck yeah, 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 <laughs> with explosions and everything in the background. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Anyways, um, other than that, it's a great show. I I I, I really thought that I didn't like it as much as I did with the California Adventure version of it, but it is as good. Which gives a lot, that that gives a lot of praise to the California Adventure one. Yeah, and I've seen the California Adventure version of it probably at least like 10 times, and I've never gotten bored of it. Also, I, I, part of me wants to see the Frozen one, but I've been seeing a lot of bad reviews about it. People are comparing it to Aladdin, but the Aladdin one went on for like, like how many years? Like fifteen years, ten years? Yeah, it's been a while since they opened. So yeah, so I was like in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, they kind of had everything down to a science by that point. Yeah. So like they knew that all the they had all the cues down, they had all the stuff down when a new character left or when a new actor left or they, yeah, they knew they knew how to replace them. So how much did you pay for your seats? Um, I got discount because of cast member discounts. Really? Yeah, so I got the front seat. Front seat. I don't know if you saw the Snapchat, but I was sitting sitting literally the second row because I didn't want to sit in the front row because you can't see anything in the front row. So yeah. the second row, 
and it, it, I think the tickets retailed for I think two hundred, but with the discount and everything, it was one forty five per ticket. As I say, like usually go for two hundred, but with discount one ninety. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, no, I, even one ninety is a good value for this show. I, I think it's a very good show. No, one of the local radio stations here they they were trying to promote the Disney on ice. Di- no, no, the Disney is it Disney Adventures or or Vacations by Disney? What's that thing called? The, that program. So yeah, they 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 were doing that, and I guess to promote it, they sent one of the guys from the radio show to New York. And Disney not, not only provided the hotel, but they provided really oh, good oh, tickets oh, yeah. for that. Yeah, Disney Adventures, you're right. It's this thing where they they uh, they, they have like a whole itinerary for you. Yeah. And they basically plan the whole entire trip around you and your family. They don't... Right. You have your own tour guide, basically. Right. And that's what it's kind of reminding me of right now. I'm like, well, that's probably... If I were to go to see a Broadway play, that's probably the way I'd do it. Mostly because I'm sure they would get you a better price than if you paid yeah. out of pocket. And I haven't seen Lion King yet, but that is something that I always wanted to see because that's pretty much the OG. Everybody loves that show. Everyone who's seen it says it's probably one of the best of the best. Well, the Lion King one is... Um, from the costumes that I saw at D23... It's not like somebody's like parading around in like a a Halloween Simba costume. They're more, they're using more of like the local, like African um, costume costume materials. Yeah, I think a hundred percent of the cast members that are on the show is African American, and some from Africa probably. South Africa, so white folk. Yeah, man. Oh God, that's Jamaican. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Best> not <of> African. <laughs> hey, it's funny. All right, all right. Uh, that's a second. That's a second racist joke you said in the last ten minutes. So I think we better move on. Yeah. So last week you said you got some new shoes. What's up with that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I got some new shoes for my birthday. Uh, one of my friends, her boyfriend, works for Vans. Um, I forgot exactly what his job title is, but he kind of travels around making sure he oversees the production of some of the shoe lines. So he's like kind of like a quality control type of guy? Yeah, I would say quality control. Production. So he's like, he's like checking out the sneakers, making sure they're they're up to the code. Similar, because and- uh, he, okay, he told me like when he would go to China, um, he would pretty much have to. He pretty much have to keep the the Chinese production companies honest. Yeah, so I guess that is quality control. So right. he's basically well, saying, nope, nope, nope. Get put this back on the assembly line. Nope. Right. Like, Mm-mm. like, right. So he's trying to keep them to their word of like what. So like, if they tell him to use certain, a specific insole for the shoe. The he told me the one time they he went. They were using everything to Vance's specs, and then when he when he went to check again, a couple of weeks later, they switched them out without letting Vance know. And their guy, the the when he was like telling like the the production the head of the production company going like, dude, what the hell? Like you know you're not supposed to do. It. He goes, no no no, it's just as good, saving you guys money. It's like what saving us money? Like you're not you're not giving us a cut of it. Like you're pocketing the difference. Oh my gosh. So yeah, yeah, stuff so, like that. Yeah, that's crazy because 
I, I remember back in the days, I knew someone that owned a sweatshop, and yeah. they had a whole bunch of people just sewing shirts and all these things, and there would be people with quality control that would come down and make sure everything's uh, being done correctly, and I think mm-hmm. one of the brands that they were doing there was Body Glove. You know, you're familiar with that one, right? Yeah, that's an old brand. Yeah, Body Glove and also Billabong. I think Quicksilver also too. So they would come down, do quality control. So they would go through like some of the shirts and everything. And uh, sometimes what the people would do is when they notice that there's a hole in the Mm -hmm. shirt, some of the workers would just put super glue real quick on it and then just squeeze it together. And (laughs) there you go. You, You won't even see the hole in the shirt. So when they That's come and terrible. do, yeah. So when they come and do the quality control, uh, they can't see it. Yeah, that's terrible. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, so yeah, so he got me the he got me a pair of new their new shoes for my birthday. There are birthday, the woo. Yeah, yeah. So I guess Vans is trying to get into the athletic shoe shoe business. Mm-hmm. So they made a new line called the uh, Ultra Range. Ultra Range. So I'm guessing Vans is is going away from well not, they're not really going away but no. they're adding to their arsenal by going into different territories because they're known for tennis shoes and skate shoes yep more like casual or skate shoes kind of thing like not really yeah uh, so this is like their first first attempt at active wear yeah so uh, I, when i wore the the tennis shoes i really enjoyed them when i was a kid and they go along with anything that you wear which is kind of cool and same thing with their their um, skate shoes. They're a little heavy, mm-hmm. but after a while, they're they're not good for walking. Yeah, no, but these, dude. So I've been wearing them for like the last two and a half weeks since I got them. They are so freaking comfortable, dude. Um, usually for just like just comfort or for <clears throat> like light activities like going hiking or just like walking, say going to Disney. Um, I have a pair of Under Armour shoes. These shoes beat them. Tell me a little bit about the, the, the soles on the inside. Let's start with that. The insoles, I don't know how to describe it. It's <clears throat> it's really comfortable, soft, almost feels like uh like Dr. Scholl's like gel shoes, but they're not gel. So they did a good job with that. The only problem with that, or what they did in the inside, is there is very little arch support. So is it kind of like a yoga mat because i know a lot of shoes nowadays and and sandals they they try to implement more of a yoga mat feel to it i think it's the same material probably like uh, like really high density foam kind of thing yeah i don't know if you tried the brand sanook sanook it's the one with a happy face you've probably seen it uh they they have a store at uh, downtown disney and when you get a chance check it out dude they're so comfortable oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a pair of sandals at home. They are pretty much my favorite sandals I've ever owned. Oh, would you compare it to like Crocs? I've never worn Crocs and I never plan to. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you felt Crocs before, right? Uh, kind of. Okay, uh, I would compare it to the like Adidas uh, sandals, like those. Uh, yeah. Not the yeah. not the massage one, but the foam ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I would compare that to that, but also adding to the cushion is the 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 bottom of the shoe, the actual like the part between the 
the insole and the well the bottom the very bottom layer. so the base of it yeah the base so that, is is it like a, a thick base or it's just right it's a slightly thicker base than what you would expect from from vans mm-hmm. but again like this is why i think it mostly it most closely resembles under armor shoes nice where, where so like it's all it is is seriously feels like just uh foam so it yeah. makes the shoe extra light and when like you're like when say you're you're walking or you jump up or whatever. So how would you compare about the weight between the Under Armors? Because I know Under Armors can get really, really light. And I, how is it compared to this one? I would say that they're either the same or that the Vans shoes are lighter. Wow, that's a lot to say. Because I, I know that Under Armors are very comfortable and light. Right. So, yeah, so exactly. And this one, I I, I grabbed them out of the box and like right in front of them, like I when I pulled out like the shoes, like, oh, thank you. I was like, what the hell? Like, it's super light. I could actually, like, bend it in half really easily. Like, not any issues. And the shoe just popped back in place. Yeah, I think that's the best way <laughs> to test out the shoes when you buy them. Yeah. Before you buy them. Yeah. Is, you know, the bend test. Because some shoes, when they can bend really well, that means that they're going to be super comfortable. Right. And that they're not going to, they're not going to start breaking apart once, like, your foot, your foot starts to break them in. Exactly. And my, my question is, does it have that little bubble thing, like, kind of like the Air Jordans from Nike? Because I know that uh, Under Armour, some shoes does have those type of things, too. Or is this just, just rubber only? What bubble thing? Like, you know, the Air Jordans, they have, like, a little air pocket. Oh, oh I see. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, oh my God, like, the Nike... Nike swoosh, no, swoosh, uh, Boeing, whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, whatever they call it. <laughs> no, they're, no, they're, they're very simple. They're very mm-hmm. simple shoes. Um, but I think the, the only, I mean, the only difference, the main difference that I give more credit to for Vans is, so for the unarmored ones, at least the ones that I have, the very bottom of the shoe is just foam with maybe a little bit of red rubber around the heel for, um, longevity this these shoes actually have a rubber tread so mm. these will last lo- these will last longer than my than my under armor shoes did because the under armor ones over a couple of miles on walking on concrete or cement whatever they would start to almost sand down at the bottom because it's just foam and concrete yeah so these are actually last longer and just the rest of the shoe it's it honestly it's it's just mesh that's very nice. So I, so on the outside of it, on the very top, so it's all mesh and it, it's breathable. Mm-hmm. So when you're walking, if like your feet doesn't get too sweaty. Right. So you're like your feet stay cool. You're not really getting too tired because the impact of the the impact resistance of the of the foam sole and the bottom of the shoe. See, and that's you get, a, you get great grip. See, that's what I appreciate about um the Under Armour shoes because most of their shoes are mesh, mm-hmm. which is very breathable, and I, I think that's a good thing for people who wear sportswear, especially yeah. if you're walking. And they're great for walking or running, so I, I think that's a, that's a good thing about these type of shoes. So, is this the only type of shoe that they started with, or are, are there other ones available too? They have two lines. I, I well. They have two different types, uh, the Ultra Range uh, Rapid Weld mm-hmm. and the Ultra Range Pro. 
The Pro one will run you about $10 extra, and it's just a little bit more detail. But so far, like, this is their only... That's the only line for the Ultra range. So do they come in a lot of colors, too? Probably, like, uh, four or five different kinds? Uh, I would say probably three. Mm-hmm. Looks, uh, the, the one I saw were black, which is what I got. Burgundy mm-hmm. and uh, gray. That's cool. So what were these called again? Uh, Vans Ultra Range. And you can find the, these at the stores now? Yeah. They're, they, yeah, they've been out since, I believe, uh, June. Well, that's cool. But that's it's funny really awesome. Which is funny because the website didn't put them up until, like, August. <clears throat> yeah, I guess uh, they were they, they had like a little soft launch or something just to see probably. how how people like it and then I guess they went full production. Well, like I've been getting compliments on them. I've I have rarely like gotten compliments on shoes before and these have even though they're very simple looking and not really like attention grabbing, people have been recognizing them. Hmm. So I'm like, "All right." But yeah, the like the, the I have yet to take these to the gym. Um, I'm kind of scared too because I'm still trying to baby them. But uh, the other part is, like I said earlier, it has no real arch support. So I'm scared that if you're for like longer runs, your feet will start to feel that. Because mm, I'm used, mm-hmm. I'm used, I'm used to wearing Nikes to the gym. And you know how Nike is more narrow and like it has a it has a really strong arch support. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that's uh that's so far the status update on my new kicks. That's so cool. I I'm probably gonna go check them out at the store or something, because that I'm really curious about the issues now. Yeah, dude, you should definitely get them. Um, let me yes. Know what you think of them? Will do. Uh, did you hear the breaking news? This is this is something that I think we should have talked uh, talked about at the very beginning of the show, but uh, Colin Trevorrow steps down from Episode Nine, Star Wars Episode Nine. Yeah, but, uh, I well, I'll let you explain it because apparently my understanding of it was different, and I will, I'm willing to admit that part of my understanding of it was uh, I was more skeptical. Yeah, more uh, more so, cynical about this true story. So Colin Trevorrow, big big blockbuster that he did was Jurassic World, and as you can remember, last year it was probably the biggest biggest. Uh, movie of our summer movie draft. Yeah, that made a lot of money. Yeah, it, was it your movie or was it Carlos's? I think it was mine. Yeah, I think it was yours, and it it, it was. I think you did a very <laughs> good job picking that movie because I I had a good time watching that movie. I think everybody had a good time watching that movie, and I was pretty happy. To hear that he was going to um, direct episode 9. Because of what he had to bring to the table with Jurassic World bringing back the franchise. Mm-hmm. I had really high hopes uh, for episode 9. But I guess uh, something big happened uh, where he stepped down. And people were speculating different things. One of the things was that uh, one of the writers that was working with him on episode 9. Uh, they had a couple of um, problems writing the script together because I think uh, some people didn't agree with some of the things that he was writing in the screenplay, but uh, they fired that writer. I forgot what his name was, but Colin Trevorrow was the only one that you know stayed after that. I mean, they were on other movies together when mm-hmm. they wrote. 
I think they were on Jurassic World together. They were in Book of Henry together. And I think after Book of Henry came out, which is a movie that came out this summer, it has such bad reviews. It's like 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think it gave a lot of people kind of a speculation of doubting Colin Trevorrow mm-hmm. as being the director for Star Wars Episode Nine. So from your take on what you've heard so far, what do you think about Colin Trevorrow stepping down from episode nine. <sighs> okay, so, uh, well, first off, uh, it was actually Carlos that had Jurassic World. Okay. Yeah, so our friend Carlos, who's in the Florida Coast Guard. Is it Florida Coast Guard or just Coast Guard? Uh, Coast Guard. <laughs> Coast Guard. So, yeah, yeah he's going to be he's gonna be busy with all these hurricanes. Anyways, um, I don't even know how to... I'm more... Sc- I'm more scared of how it's going to affect what's already been written down and created. Because that's... How long is the other guy that he was working with? I think um, it's only been a couple of months because uh, they're, they haven't even started shooting yet. They're they're planning to shoot it very soon because it's supposed to come out um, not that long right after uh, the Han Solo movie. They're, they're, they're basically trying to finish everything as soon as they can. They're not waiting until 2000, uh, at the end of 2020, uh, I think. Yeah, they're not waiting until t- the end of 2019 to show episode nine. They're waiting to come out before summer. No, exactly. Because uh, another thing, too, is with Star Wars movies is because they rely a lot on practical effects, but yet there's still CGI aspect. That's two different type of effects that they need to take into account. Both of them need time. So for like these type of movies take longer to film than you know traditional like say action movies, or whatever. Yeah, and you got these hardcore fans who are expecting so much from these Star Wars films. Well, especially like, you know, this is a wrap up. This is yeah. a wrap up for the trilogy. Yeah, and you know, episode one, episode two, episode three. Some of the parts from episode one was such a letdown. Second part was even more of a letdown. I mean, it's a good story arc, but the way that it was delivered wasn't up to par. A lot of people had certain things that they hate about the movie. There was always something that people picked on, you know? Well, okay, so episode three, the biggest thing I think people were pissed off about was how it ended. But at the same time, you knew how it was going to end. Yeah, it had to set up for the the, the, right. the next movies, which already came out, you know? Like, you can't be upset at Titanic because it ended the way it did. Like, that's how it had to end. Yeah. So, you know, Colin Trevorrow stepping down. I don't know who the, the new director is, but some people are saying that they would like Ryan Johnson to come back. Some people say maybe J.J. Abrams should come back and finish the whole thing. But if you remember... Uh, I don't know if you read anything about J.J. Abrams, but uh, he had some problems throughout shooting the the episode 8. I mean, episode 7, sorry. He had some problems where he ran into things that Kathleen and him would butt heads on ideas. Mm -hmm. I mean, Lawrence Kasdan, who has been one of the, the best writers of the Star Wars series... He and J.J. wrote a lot of things together, but they did change some stuff throughout shooting the movie. And I think Kathleen Kennedy being on set, she had a couple of things where she didn't agree with. And I think 
that was the main thing for JJ that he wasn't happy with was that he didn't have the full control of the creative differences that he wanted to do. And I think that's the same thing that happened with um, the Rogue One movie. Gareth Edwards was pretty happy with some of the stuff that they had to change last minute too because they had to rewrite the script. They had to go do reshoots and all these things. But at, at the end of the day, I think it's good. It's good that Kathleen Kennedy stops them there and and try to change things around or try to strict the the whole thing and not be able to do anything else because it takes away the magic, I think. And I think she has a formula of getting the movies right because if you look at her track record, she's done a lot of really big movies like E.T., um, she's done Indiana Jones, like she produced a bunch of big ones. Um, Lincoln, uh, I can just keep going with all of the things that she's done, like Sixth Sense. Oh my God. Uh, Signs, so weird, but I love it, you know? So with her being on it and trying to get people to do the, the things that she wants to do, I think that that's what gets the movie on the right, the right track. Well, the other thing, too, is they already had a set path for uh, Leia, uh, Carrie Fisher's character, Leia. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if they had to do a lot of rewrites or they had to kind of change direction a bit with the writers. How is that going to affect the overall arc for her? And is that going to be is it going to be a, a more clean arc? I, I don't know how to word it. Is this going to be? Is are the new writers going to be able to do a cleaner arc than the original writers? Like, who do you think would be would be able to handle it for writing it? I, I think they're already done with the script. Basically, I think there was only minor changes that needed to be done. However, <laughs> the big picture of it would be how is the next director coming in being able to do it, being able to. Uh, finish this movie you know like i mean there's so many things that was someone else's vision now it, it turns out you know you have to do it where someone else's vision but also mm-hmm. you know something something else with yours too and i think that's also the main reason why colin trevorrow left is because of the creative differences also too i think there was a couple of things that that required him to do where he didn't feel like he wanted to do it that way and that's the thing too. Like now that he's out of the picture, is that going to change the story even more? Because uh, yeah, coming in and we're having to work off somebody else's, <clears throat> um, essentially like uh, a skeleton for a story. Yeah, like for example, uh, Joss Whedon had to come in to finish up Justice League, or uh, but, Ron Howard having to come in to finish the Han Solo movie. But that's different because those stuff, like all that stuff, was already essentially done what was it like 70 percent, 80 percent done yeah but now they're giving joss whedon the writers um credit mm. so i don't know if they're gonna give joss whedon the director's credit also too because you know is that still in contingency yeah i mean realistically i think as long as he has a writer's 
credit, I think he's okay with it. I don't think he needs to have the director's uh, credit too, but being in the guild and everything, there are certain requirements on what gives you credit. Right, and that's the... (laughs) That's the other part too. Like most of that stuff seems to be more of the bureaucracy or the the politics of the film industry is even though the the director's like, that's ah, fine, just give me this or just give me this kind of credit. The the rules and regulations because it's almost like a violating an employee uh what's it called? Employee rights or or like any other kind of um going against some sort of union. Yeah, so like kind of like an HR department or like, an union. Yeah, like, like just like dealing with another union. Like they like, no, 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 we want this. And like even though your employee's like, I'm fine with this. I'm like, no, no, we know what's better for what's best for you. <laughs> That's usually the case too. And I, I guess it just really ends up with, you know, whether they find the right, to, uh, the right director to finish this project because it's, I don't know, it's, this is a big project. I don't know who's going to be able to finish it and, you know, do it the right way. I, I just hope that they do find somebody and it's not going to be a, a, a failure. Any any directors in mind that you think would be able to handle it? Well, J.J. Abrams, like I said, coming back, I would like him to finish it because he started it. Uh, second thing would be Ryan Johnson is fine too because I heard so many good things about him for this episode that's coming out this uh, December. I'm okay with Gareth Edwards coming back uh, to do this one. That's fine too. He did such an amazing job with uh, Rogue One. Um, Ron Howard, I don't know how he is with the Star Wars films. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he can juggle two movies at once uh, doing Han Solo and uh, Episode 9 at the same time. So he's totally off the list. I'm so- uh, I'm I don't, still not fully I sold on Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah. See, Ron Howard, when he has something that, for example, Kathleen Kennedy being there on set and making sure everything's the way that she wants it, then I think it's going to be a good movie. Because mm-hmm. Ron Howard, when it comes to good movies, he makes really good movies. Yep. And when it's something that he has a passion for and he doesn't care if it's good or not, and he's, he's doing whatever he can to get it done, um, like... Um, the Da Vinci series, it's good, but it's too slow for my pace. And it's yeah. too slow for a lot of people's uh, liking because that's just how the book is. I mean, it, it drags on mm-hmm. with like so many details. And I think that's what he was trying to do is getting all of those details into the movie. Well, okay, that's so, so funny you say because the, like, the Da Vinci Code, I read that as more fast pace. Yeah, it's slowed down when like there was trying to decrypt like a certain thing. But you're right about the movie itself. The whole thing just seemed to drag on. And it seems like he's just trying to pull so much out of every single scene. Yeah, like, I remember that scene at the very beginning when uh, I think uh, Paul it was... Bettany. Yeah, so Paul Bettany, that that whole scene with Paul Bettany, it just took forever. Like, you know, the, he's torturing himself, but it looks like it's so weird. It looks like it was forced. And I think that wasn't the right tone to go for. I think it, it should have been something more. But anyways, it seems like that that just drags on. Yeah, I agree. No, that's the thing. When he's on it, he's on it. When he's kind of not on it, it's going to suck balls. 
yeah do you do you have any do you have any directors in mind that you think would be a a, a good you know throw in for this uh i don't know i mean i i, I would be happy with jj coming back because that would be kind of a nice po- poetry to the franchise that you know he brings us he brings star wars back to life for us and then he wraps up the story for us too yeah i i, I think so too but uh, what do you be, what do you think about Jordan Vought Roberts, which is uh, the guy who directed Kong Skull Island? Because dude, he did such an amazing job. He yeah, did like, such an amazing job. Cinematics, I'd be really, really like happy about. Uh, story or not story? Um, how do I put it? Pacing, I don't know. <laughs> Because Star Wars, even though Star Wars had, I mean, granted, the first trilogy, the, the first, the episode one through through three, it, it was like a little bit slower, but overall, Star Wars has a lot of action scenes. I mean, it's 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 a lot of fast paced action. Okay, I, at the end of the day, I think it doesn't matter what Disney does, they're they're gonna please the fans. I keep forgetting that Star Wars is Disney now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they got big production. So I think they know what makes a billion dollars. And they're pretty sure that they, they're they going to need to get that formula right to make that billion dollars. They already own film. the summer. Yeah. I mean, Disney already owns the summer with, like, with, with their animated uh, studio and their... They got uh, Pixar. Marvel. They got the uh, Disney uh, Animation Studios. They got uh, Marvel, Marvel. Yeah, Star and Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> and then, oh, I mean, something to talk about next next week. They 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 pulled the cord on Netflix officially. Yeah, and so it looks like they're uh, they're getting rid of. Uh, well, they're removing Star Wars and some Marvel stuff, so then they can bring it to their. Uh, subscription service that we were talking about last week mm-hmm. um, but other than that I, I, you know I, I guess that's a good thing for them I was hoping to find a place to watch all of the Star Wars um, Clone Wars and Rebels I, I still haven't caught up I'm, I'm trying to get there there's just so many episodes yep there is yeah all right Anton well if somebody wants to you know help fund your binge watching how can they support us uh, they can support us by going onto our website at www.the2oc.com and click on buy us a beer button. Also, we got some free, sh- not free swag, um, <laughs> swag on our website that you can buy, which is stickers and t-shirts. Also, I think Alan's going to have some show notes that uh, ha- has some links to some of the stuff that we talk about on the show. So if you like any of those things, you can click on any of those links to buy them and also if you can browse around on amazon with one of our links it also gives us a little bit of a kickback and if you want to reach out to us you know drop us a line follow us see what's coming up on other episodes you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the 2lc.com or you can send us a, a email directly to us just send that over to mail at the 2OC.com. For the 2OC, I'm Alan Flores. And I'm Anton Duan. Bunker down, people. Rocking like a hurricane.